Welcome to episode 133, and I got Austin Neary on to t- talk about big swimbait theory. Masterclass on big swimbaits this week. Austin's going to take over the show, spill all the tea, spill all the juice. Just listen in and soak it up and take it on the water with you. This week's podcast is, as always, Brought to you by Arsenal Fishing in a special, special promo. They're extending the Cyber Week to the Cyber Month through January 3rd, where all purchases on Arsenal Fishing website will be entered into a $500 sweepstake through January 23rd. And you can use code CYBERWEEK23, all one word, for 30% off the entire site. That includes all the in-stock items and all the pre-order items like the Sniker Swim Jig, the new plier tools, many other things, and all the great existing things like Arsenal, tactical minnows, braid scissors, sunwear. It's a really good time to stock up on Arsenal. And if you think of it, tell them Hellabass sent you in the comments. All right. Hellabass Live, back on our normal Wednesday night. It's been kind of a crapshoot, but we're back on Wednesday night. And uh, we're going to talk big baits. And since I'm a little bit of a big bait novice, we got Austin Neary uh, from Dreamcatchers Fishing. What's going on, Austin? Man, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. We're uh, we're down here in Western North Carolina, where literally I think people are starting to build an ark. It has rained for four straight days, and uh, which actually makes for pretty good big bait fishing. Um, but yeah, man, just been. Just been grinding down here in Western North Carolina. Still have guide season. You know, we're still running three, three to four trips a week. It's something that I'm not doing as much of. I've got an employee that I've hired that uh, he's an unbelievable. He's a young guy, big bait guy. He's actually a guy that I guided when he was like mm-hmm. 12 or 13, and then I've trained him. And uh, he's a fantastic guide. So he's actually biting off a lot of the trips now. I'm focusing more on content marketing, and, uh, doing stuff like this, man. So, and spending time with my son. There yeah. you go. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like World War Three is going off upstairs with my dogs right now. I don't know what's going on up there. Um, Good. Yeah. I was on Debo time tonight. I had to finish a, a Jimmy John sandwich quick while we onboarded Austin and just uh, got back from buying new leg pads for my uh, 12-year-old daughter, Goalie. So that's uh, that'll make swim bait sound inexpensive, to be honest. Yeah, dude. Anything you do at a high level is pretty expensive, but big baiting is definitely a little out of hand. I've owned, is, brutally, yeah. I've owned some brutally expensive swim baits and caught fish on them and then sold them. Like you caught a fish, but you weren't like super happy with like, yeah, it's not as, didn't have the swim or the wave or the, that I thought it would or... <laughs> gonna sound kind of wild i like a lot of baits but um i only throw baits that we have the opportunity to sell in our tackle shop Dreamcatchers fishing supply what i've run into um with other companies is i what i would do is i'd catch a lot of fish on their baits and then have a lot of content you know on our channel Dreamcatchers fishing on youtube and uh dude just get absolutely no love and i was like Hey, I'd love to carry your baits. I'd love to release this footage. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. It's good for your brand. It's good for me. And uh, guys that just want to, you know, purely control the supply and demand of the market, or they only want to sell to TW, 
And those are just baits that I've caught one fish on them. I like them and I just like, I offload them. So it's one of those deals. This is a really tough industry. I don't know what you do, Rich, for a living. You know, this is my livelihood. We've got a boat mechanic, marine electronics installation business at the tackle shop. We've got the tackle shop. We've got the guide business. And then you piece together streams of revenue through YouTube and, you know, various different things. But uh, it's one of those things. It's tough to make it in, in the industry. And to do it, you need to have guys that believe in you and you believe in them. And if they if they don't and they don't want to support small business, you know, I just I just don't have time for it. So they're baits that I like, uh, but they're baits that I won't even really mention just because I'm just like, hey, that guy doesn't care, care, give a crap about me and my livelihood and my little boy and my family. And sorry, but I ain't showing you love either. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like kind of tough. I hate to be like that, but it's, it's one of those deals. I mean, we, we don't have a huge following, you know, we're obviously very niche. Uh, you know, we've got about like 8,000 8, followers on Instagram, 6,500 or so on the YouTube. But uh, it's one thing. I feel like we have a powerful brand. I feel like when, when I'm out guiding, I mean, every day, dude, we do, we do 400 trips a year out of Dreamcatchers. So I'm on the water a ton. I get to experience a lot of things. I get to see a lot of lures, man. And I, like, when I say, Hey, this is the deal. And these are the reasons why, you know, our customer base, uh, really our followers believe in that. So like I said, it's one of those deals that there are baits that I really like, but I just, I have a really hard time, uh, really hard time supporting those guys because they don't support me you know and it's not even just me they don't support small tackle shops at all and that's the bummer thing you know it's like what what happened to the little guys trying to make it you know the underdogs so but yeah absolutely yeah so my day job is like i do uh consulting supply chain packaging for a lot of our customers are the, the big right like the the targets the toros the you know yeah. the weber grills of the world um yeah. yeah on the fishing side i'm all about yeah like you know this is our little community and we you know we ride, we're not i mean nothing against like ben Milliken or you know guys that have 100 200 000 subs right that, that's awesome too but like you know we don't have a big community here but it's a pretty passionate and it's, it's a fun community so it's, it's nice to be able to like kind of uh I guess collaborate or intermix and kind of and share uh, along those types. So kind of excited to talk about big baits. Um, yeah. So, and that's the thing, the guys that, you know, they believe in me, dude, I'm really passionate about their baits. I've, I've figured out how to make them work. I feel like I'm efficient and effective. My customers become efficient and effective. And like you said, man, it's, it's this collaboration. It's this almost like a, you know, it's a community, but I almost feel like deeper than that. It's a family of fishermen. Mm -hmm. And some guys just, they don't have that vision. And, you know, like I said, I just like, Hey, I just don't really have time for that. So yeah. I'm passionate about it. And, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on is because a long time ago when I first started streaming and, and everybody was streaming when we, we didn't have anything to do because everything was closed and everything was, yeah. you know, right. Uh, I saw you on small mouth crush. And, and one of the things that came across me right away is your enthusiasm and your passion for yeah. grass fishing and, bass fishing in general but you also have like a, a, a special place for big baits uh, and so that's like oh, been on my kind of list for a while to have you on and i was like well it's about time that we have another big bait show and i was like let's have austin on yeah no it's good i love it man it, it's it's something that i kind of stumbled into you know i 
I'm sure you may have heard my story on Smallmouth Crush, but I played baseball in college uh, in Western North Carolina. I played for two years. I retore my labrum after I, re I tore my labrum my senior year of high school, and then I retore my sophomore year. Hit a double in the gap against Wake Forest, slid into second base head first, retore my labrum, and then didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, my buddy, Epic Eric, uh, I think you follow Epic Eric, but uh, Eric Galasso, he literally lived like four doors down from me in my little neighborhood in Maryland. And I was a crazy bass head. He was a crazy bass head. And he said, man, there's some guys down there that are catching giant bass on these mountain lakes using big trout swim baits. And that's kind of the thing around here is like trout fishing, fly fishing. We have all like we live in the mountains. So there's stream. Like I've got a stream with trout literally 20 yards off my back door right now. But all those streams lead to the lakes and all these lakes have monster. I say monster. I mean, there's a lot of double fish, a lot, a lot of eight, nine pound fish. But man, you can absolutely smash them. So these guys made southern trout eaters. I got to be pretty good friends with a few of them, but they all made the video and dipped out. And I'm like, holy cow, these guys have just left a huge hole in the market of people that, you know, we have like 4,500 vacation rentals on lakes. My wife and I own a couple. And I'm just like, there's so many people that come in. They want to experience the fishing of these lakes. And then we also have this awesome, awesome bite with the big bait. So it was one of these deals. I started, I started the guide business. And then, uh, you know, I was using these big swim baits. I'm like, golly, I can't get these, you know, but online. So I'm like, a lot of these guys, I call it contact confidence. They put one of these baits in their hands. They can see it. They can feel it. They can, you know, see how it articulates, see how it glides, see how it swims. And I call it contact confidence. And where guys won't necessarily buy online, as soon as they put it in their hand and they see it, man, they get that confidence. Like, I always felt that way about a mega bass jerkbait. I'm like, who in God's good green earth would spend $25 on a stupid piece of plastic? And then you hold a mega bass. You, you look at a mega bass, the detail, the transfer system, the hooks, the buoyancy, you get to see in a tank and you're like, oh my gosh, this bait is, this bait might be underpriced, you know? So it's that contact confidence. So I started a tackle shop and then, you know, we had this booming guide business. We have a, a tackle shop that's starting to take off. And then I'm like, golly, like we need electronics. There's tons of guys. And my dad's super, super handy. So he went and got certified with Garmin, Lawrence, Humminbird. So we do marine electronics installations. And, you know, that's kind of how we came to be and just slowly grew it the whole time. But like I said, I just kind of accidentally ran into it. These guys were filming a, a freaking movie in my backyard. And I'm a crazy bass head that loves to chase giants. And uh, I, you know, I was they gave me the curse, man, just freaking chucking big baits and giving me tendonitis to chase giant bass. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I've heard this. I think I've heard this story from Eric actually on, right? He's like, yeah, there was this, this weird little kid that was running around in my neighborhood next to a pond and I talked to him and then literally fast forward, right? Then he's down when you've grown up, right? And then he, you're putting him on a, a, a uh, showing him the power of the glide for the first time, you know, whatever, 10 years later, whatever it was. Yeah, we were we were at Smith Mountain because I had been guiding for like two years and told him, I said, hey, man, I, I got this big bait thing figured out. We were at Smith Mountain Lake in Virginia where they do the big bass tour event. And every year taking like a five pounder to win big bass. And I'm like, dude, we literally pre-fished for like an hour. It would be a terrible windy conditions. We found one pocket out of the wind. I throw a Gancraft 230 up next to a dock. I literally reel it one time and glide it. And the, the bait shoots up under that dock. 
and my rod got hit by lightning, dude. It said boom, and I, I was like, "Oh, there he is!" I boat flipped. It was like a five and a half pounder, and Eric just looked at me. and was like, "Dude, that that that's gonna win us the boat tomorrow." Like, what the heck? We just caught the biggest fish, and I'm like, "Man, like special." So tournament day comes. Eric puts a five pounder in the boat with a whopper plopper one thirty, the big plopper. I think it's the one thirty. And he's like, dude, this is that's a giant fish, and we're both wigging out. And I'm not kidding. We pulled into one pocket, and it was a crisp, thin air, high pressure, bluebird sky, kind of windy. Um, but the sun was heating. There's Smith Mountain doesn't have many many floating docks. I mean, there's a few, but there's not many. But there was a black boat, like a black gambler bass boat. And if I mean, you know this, being a being a Michigan guy, you guys fish docks up there. Anything black in the springtime. It absorbs the sunlight, creates heat, and those big females will pull up to it to warm and kind of loosen up their belly and start feeling good. Well, I chucked that gancraft by it, and Eric goes, I think the big one lives back here. I said, right underneath this gambler, and I'm reeling it in, dude. The seven-pounder comes out and T-bones it next to the boat. I'm like, golly, get the freaking net, dude. We get it in the net. And we're freaking out. We're like, dude, we just we just won the the brand new nitro, you know, like fifty thousand dollar boat package. And literally, we get a text that someone caught it like an eight and a half pounder. Huh. And they interviewed the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I found it on a bed three days ago." And I ended up ended up weighing in the second biggest fish of the deal, and he ended up winning an hour with his with his fish. But yeah, man. And then fast forward, he came down this past uh, this past year, and we caught. Right at right under thirty pounds, uh, post spawn Carolina fish, dude. It was like I actually think it's. I'm I'm a little partial to it, but I actually think it's one of the most incredible big swim bait videos on YouTube. We landed like twenty five fish that were better than five pounds in mm. one day, um, and uh, the day before that, it, it's a crazy, crazy story. But the not the day before, a couple of days before it, these boys had contacted me and we'd been on a big bait bite. And uh, they're like, hey, we want to get in on it. I said, all right, well, there's three guys on the boat. And I'm like, I can't take you to this one lake, but we can try this other lake. And we pulled up and I just, I'd thrown a DRT Clash 9, which we're going to get into this bait and just why this bait's so powerful, the uniqueness of the bait, the versatility of the bait. I just take and throw out a Clash 9 and catch a post-spawn eight-and-a-half pounder. I'm literally like, holy crap, like where the fish ate it, and I had set the hook, the line had dug into my reel. So I just make a maintenance cast. I throw it out. I'm like, dude, was that not crazy? And I'm like, I got another one. And I catch a seven-and-a-half pounder. I'm like, holy crap. And that's why I texted Eric. I'm like, we ended up, I mean, we caught we caught 20, like 26 pounds right there and just – like three or four fish and I told Eric, I'm like, dude, there's this there's this bite going on that you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna get in on. And uh he ended up coming down and dude, we smashed him, smashed him. It was unbelievable. Nice. That's awesome. So are you close to Smith Mountain or how far are you from there? Like four and a half hours. I'm south I'm southwest of Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, sure. I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but southwest of Asheville, where I'm literally like um, as the crow flies, I'm like 20 miles from the South Carolina state line. I'm about 20 miles from the Georgia state line. I'm about, I don't know, 60 miles from the Tennessee state line. And then really not that far from even Alabama. I mean, I'm down here in the almost furthest west tip of North Carolina. So, Sweet. 
Yeah. yeah, a lot of lakes. I fished Smith Mountain once, so that's the only time I've been down that way. Yeah, what? what How did you catch them? Did you catch them? Your smallmouth fish and largemouth fish? What were you <clears throat> so it was, was it two late March two years ago or early March? Maybe early March. You're probably jerk baiting a little bit. Probably. Uh, we caught some on flat sides. Nice. Got some on jerk baits. Got some on rigs, and then I caught a couple decent fish on a mag draft. Mm, yeah, around those docks. Yeah, skipping a mag, six inch mag draft on some like literally, it was like I want to say water temps were high fifties, so it was like we were looking for that pre spawn shallow bite, never really like collided with it. Yeah, uh, but late in the day we pulled up on one dock and back to back skips. I caught like a three and a three and a half, not a wow. giant, no fun not bite. No, no doubt, dude. And those are, I mean, shoot, that's a very solid fish on Smith Mountain for sure, bro. But that was like, uh, we were staying on the Outer Banks. So I got up, we got up at like three in the morning, drove to beat my buddy Billy Coles at Smith Mountain, fished until like eight o'clock at night, and then drove back out to the banks again all in a day. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, you were a fish head. Yeah. Love that. But a, a lot of our lakes are very much like Smith Mountain. Those Smith Mountain's probably a little uh, a little flatter topography. Our mountains are a little bit steeper. We have a little more depth. So, but it's very similar. Very, I don't know if, what end of the lake you fished. If you're cranking, maybe you were probably a little we, bit. We burned some gas. We we covered a lot. <laughs> I was gonna say, but the lower end of that lake is unbelievably clear, and that how yep. that lake sets up is a. I mean, how the lower end of Smith Mountain sets up is almost identical to all of our lakes. And uh, yeah, so man, Eric moved like an eleven pounder, ten or eleven pounder, hmm. that in that tournament, uh, in that big bass tournament, and then he went out the next week because uh, he fished Lake Gaston, which is right on the border of Virginia. Uh, he fished it with one of his partners, um, and they he, they found every single fish that they ended up catching on a tournament on a glide bait uh, that next week. And that's the power of a glide bait, man. I I can't stress the guys enough. You know, they're like, man, you get a lot of followers, not a lot of eaters. And I'm like, I hear you, but you are able to process so much more information because there's no other bait. Um, I would even argue panoptics may not be able to show you as many big fish as a big glide bait will. And yeah, okay, so you get a lot of followers with it. You take note, you go back into those areas with baits that are still big fish caliber baits and execute on different on a different lure you know i can't tell you how many times i have found a giant bass on a glide bait the day before and then the next day i go back with a customer and i'm like hey that back float right there there was a seven on it yesterday um it didn't want an 11 inch hinkle trout but maybe it wants a six inch sanko and then they slide a set you know we make a precision cast right where that is you see the line jump you set the hook and you get a seven pounder it's like you would never have known that fish was even there had you not, you know, moved it the day before with a big bait. So it's a very powerful fish finding lure. Um, you know, it's a great, great bait to just inventory fish. You know, it's almost like I tell guys, it's almost like your trail camera for if you're a hunter, you know, where you're just trying to inventory what you're working with on a farm, very similar big bait. And it's really a great inventory. Like, Hey, what am I dealing with? What, where are the fish? You know, and I, dude, it's, you know, when Ben was here, dude, we, we had two fish that were double digits come out of like 20 foot of water 
on on a glide bait and a top water, uh, a big MS slammer, uh, you know, just to check it out, you know, so it just, it, they, it moves a lot of water and those big fish, that's what they look for, man. I mean, listen, I tell people all the time, I like goldfish just like my two-year-old son does. <laughs> but when filet mignon is on the grill, daddy wants a filet. I want the big meal. And that's what the big bass want too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. A um, couple things I just want to get out of the way before we get too far into it. I want to make sure we thank Arsenal Fishing for supporting the stream and the channel. And I do want to highlight that they are running like a Cyber Month deal. Um, so I just want to make sure we mention that before we get too far down the uh, the road here. But uh, so they are running uh, basically 30% off Cyber Week 23 here is what you can use. It's a little small. I'm going to try and blow that up. Uh, and then basically any, any purchase you make uh, this month through January 3rd, you're entered into a raffle or a sweepstakes for some prize that's worth 500 bucks or like a $500 credit to the store. So um, if you guys support the channel, support Arsenal, they're running some good deals. Just want to let everybody know that. Um, get some of that business taken care of quick. And uh, other than that... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so you kind of touched on, uh, like, you got into the big baits, you've got a whole business, we'll kind of, so Dreamcatchers Fishing, they can find you, you have a store, a physical, there's a guide service, there's a rigging department, there's a YouTube channel, there's everything Dreamcatcher, which I'm sure we'll touch on more of that. So if people are looking for you later on, that's how to get a hold of you, um, and we'll, we'll probably touch more on that as well. But uh, I guess maybe we uh, start with what, <clears throat> how did, I guess... Did you start with glides? Because like I feel like you're like like I know you do a lot of different baits and you fish everything, but it seems like a lot of what you talk about is the glide. And like, how did you get to the glide? Yeah, so that's a that's a great great question. So when I had first started big baiting, glide baiting was at like the like fetus stage, dude. I mean, when those guys made southern trout eaters, it was really three huge baits it was the huddleston eight inch um it was a triple trout which is a multi-segmented bait and it had very serpentine action and then it was an ms slammer and uh so immediately i started throwing a hud and a triple trout and uh you know i was in college still so literally i have a buddy i started the bass fishing team at western i've got a buddy like hey man i got i got some triple trouts so let's go, let's go fit. No joke, Rich. You're going to be like, dude, you're a lion sack of turd. <laughs> we pull up to a lake, Lake Hiawassee, which is part of the Hiawassee River that flows into Chickamauga. It's the one, it's the lake. It goes Lake Hiawassee, Lake Appalachia, and then into, into the Hiawassee River into Chickamauga. We're fishing and we have a good bag of smallmouth. We have like 13 or 14 pounds. I said, hey man, how much does it take to win out here? He said, dude, it takes 20 pounds. And I'm like, well, that's just, we're just two five pound bites away. And he said, you know how hard it is to catch a, a five pounder on this lake? And I'm like, well, we'll see. So I take an eight inch triple trout and I bomb it out on a point and I'm using a musky rod, a round reel. I'm just totally new. I'm just like, like, this is all I could afford. Well, I'm reeling this thing just across the point, dude. I get hit and I'm like, oh God, dude, I, I got a fish. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, I'll get to that. So it, it swam down up under the boat. And I'll never forget that thing came up and its mouth, I mean, was just like coming up to the net right next to the boat. And it come up and just did this crazy head shake jump. He like stabs it, gets in the net. He headbutts me and gives <laughs> me a scar. He's so pumped up. He goes, let's go. 
and headbutts me. And it was my second ever cast with the bait. I caught a nine and a half pounder on a, on a eight inch triple trout. And immediately I said, what in the world have I been fishing with? Like I'm throwing like shaky heads and tubes and drop shots. I just made my second cast with this bait and caught a nine and a half. I follow it up like four casts later with a four and a half pound smallmouth. We end up winning the tournament. We ended up having big fish. And I'm like, okay, like I think about, think about throwing a bait that has this mystique about it. And then your second cast catching a nine and a half. Think about the confidence. It's a quick way to find Jesus in big baits. It's like uh, immediately, dude, your confidence would just be like, what? So that summer, you know, that was kind of like a, like a, that was a herring spawn deal. That fish was a post spawn, nine and a half pounder. It was a herring spawn deal. I fished a triple trout all summer. We fish a HUD into the winter, catch a bunch of eights and nines, come back and I'm still in school. Um, so Zach Hicks and I, my, my partner at the university, we fished the Bassmaster tournament on Watts Bar Reservoir, which is also above Chickamauga yep. the other way. Um, so He's literally backing me into a boat ramp. There's a marina right here. I, I see a couple gizzard shad, you know, which I say gizzard shad. I mean, like they're the size of your hand. I see him go up on a dock and go and then swim away. I don't think nothing of it. I just take that same triple trout, send it right down, right down the dock. Zach's backing me in. I said, come on, golly. I catch like a seven and I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm like, Zach, I'm like, this is unbelievable. I boat flip it. First cast ever on a Watts bar. And we hit every marina just to see if that was the deal, like a gizzard shad spawn. We had 36 pounds on our first day of practice on Watts Bar. I'm not talking about Chickamauga. I'm talking about Watts Bar. This is before Tennessee even gave a crap about Watts Bar. So we go out in the tournament. On day one, we have 20 pounds, including a six. Um, We just didn't get a lot of big bites. Oh, we did get big bites. I had a fish that I thought was a carp following my bait. Um, out of a marina. I'm like, dude, look at this carp following my bait. It, it had a big black dot on it. It was like, it had like a face tat, like Mike Tyson. And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm reeling this thing. I'm like, look at this carp. And this thing opens its mouth and looks like my hat. <laughs> you know, and I skin hook it just barely, like not in the gum. If it was in the gum, he'd have probably stayed pinned, but like right up above his gum where it's kind of bony and it pulls out. I mean, a fish that, dude, it was a giant. So I, we miss that fish. Zach misses like a, a seven or eight. And then we catch like a six and a half. Six and a half was the big fish of the tournament. And we ended up, we ended up, uh, ended up having a good tournament. We ended up finishing uh, a second on day two. We just couldn't get the bite. It was like nasty thunderstorms. I don't know what the heck the deal was, but it was just crazy. But it was this whole confidence thing, man. I just like, it's like every time I, I tried something new or tried it at a new place, I was catching fish. So then I fished it all through the summer, guided and everything. And then in the fall, I used an S waiver. It was the first time River to Sea had just come out with an S waiver. So I take an eight and a half inch, the S waiver 200, I think it is. Yeah, I take it and throw it out over these rocks on a lake in North Georgia. And I'm just reeling it really slow. Depths 250 had just gotten some traction. I'm like, I can't afford, you know, this OG Depths 250. People are on 200, $300 for it. Butch Brown's dropping this footage. It's nuts. So I'm taking this, I'm taking this, this uh, S waiver and I'm reeling it and I see something that looks like my quad come up behind the bait and I'm like, what in the world? And this fish opens up its mouth. This is my first time 
This is my first time throwing an S waiver. I'm like five casts into the freaking day. This fish comes up behind it and eats it. I set the hook. I reel it in. It's a, it's eight, like 887, just an absolute freak giant bass. Once again, fifth cast. And I'm like, it's like every time I picked up a, a new swim bait, I just fished it with confidence and, and just craziness would happen, man. And uh, so anyways, that was addictive to me because the glide bait stays, you can fish it, you can fish it deeper water, but it stays relatively, you know, super right. slow sinks, you know, the hinkle is a super slow sink. The the eye slide, super slow sink. So, you know, but it's visual. And when I saw that fish eat it, I was like, oh my God. It was like, it did something to my soul, dude. I'm like, I just saw a giant bass consume my bait. So it transitioned from triple trout. I was throwing the HUD in the wintertime, but that glide bait had that crazy, crazy side to side action. Move so much water and I could get bit. 45 degree waters, like when they were on a when they were on a good mega bass bite, and I could get bit, I could fish it faster, <laughs> and I could fish it faster in the warmer water and get bites. So for me, it was like this transitional bait of like, wow, I can throw this pre-spawn. These fish will chase it during the spawn. They'll eat it post-spawn. They'll eat it through the summer. They'll eat it into the fall, and then I really get back into you know the slower HUD style baits. So that's how I got into glide bait was. It was a triple trout. It was a Huddleston. It was those things on the Southern Trout Eaters. And then it was kind of like there's this missing piece of like triple trout I felt like was for really warm water. The Huddleston was for cold water. But this in-between stage, just they would follow a HUD and it, it wouldn't follow up. It wouldn't follow a triple trout or they just, you know, it was just kind of this in-between stage. And that's where the glide bait just came and I think just started dominating the industry. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So. Uh, shout out to Bass Assassin for the $10 super chat. Hope you're having a good night. Hope you're enjoying the content. Um, got a couple questions came in here. Let's see. Uh, Dustin, hopefully you're doing all right. But uh, I know South Jersey's excited about this. Um, here's a quick question Have you ever been in Eric's bait room? Let me tell you something. I was probably the first person in Eric's bait room. So, story. Eric's running the golf course. Uh, Eric, you know, he's a he's a stud. The guy takes care of himself mentally, physically, spiritually. The guy's the guy's a beast. I'm a little kid fishing the golf course pond. I catch a six pounder, and this dude's running, and he's like, "That's a freaking giant bass." He goes, "You want to come back to my house, and I'll show you all my lures." So I, <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm like a I'm, maybe I'm younger than that dude. I'm like I'm maybe like nine or ten. And hey, kid, I got all these lures in my van. Come check them out. <laughs> exactly right. So he's like, come check out my lures. And I'm like, I, me being like a crackhead fisherman, I'm like, yeah. You know, so anyways, I'm like, let me call my mom first. So I call my mom. She had given me like my grandfather's cell phone to take fishing. Uh, I'm like, hey, this, this guy wants to show me his lures in his basement at his house. And my mom's like, what the... You know, like, and uh, anyways, he's like, no, 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 she can come too. Like, I live just just down from you guys. So anyways, I go down there. I'm literally, dude, like I said, nine or ten. I walk down there, and I'm like, holy cow, like, this guy's a bass fisherman. And let me tell you something, by the way, and Eric will tell you this is true. Eric was had been out of fishing for like five or six years at that point because he was really working on his professional career. Um, 
and he not that he had like given up fishing but like he was so focused on his professional career he's like man i have all this stuff but he's like i just don't use it anymore so as a little kid he was like giving me like hey go try this lure at the pond go try this lure at the pond and then i'm you know i'm like hey, like let's go out let's go out on dad's boat and stuff so eric who was out of fishing kind of like me my little passion for bass fishing got eric back into the back into the grind of fishing and then obviously he is who he is the dude's an animal in the fishing industry and so forth but yeah man so i like i said i i would argue that outside of his wife and his own children which they they i love max and meg to death but they don't even think they ever stepped foot in there i was probably the first person to step in there you might be the only one dude let me tell you, it's like Fort Knox. There's like seven gates. You've got to like put your handprint, eyeball, and scan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's just to get in the first room. That doesn't get you through the layers that, of that. Just gets you into the pictures. So, but it's pretty awesome. It's like a now I own a tackle shop, you know, and so I, I know what the feeling's like. But, uh, but to be in the basement of the house, I'm like, that's pretty impressive. So, good. Patrick says, Spinks mates and muskies, so many similarities. And there's, there's, isn't there some muskies down your way too? Like in that Virginia area? And Yeah, we have them. We have them in the French Broad River. Uh, we have some in Lake James. There was one caught a couple of years ago out of Fontana Lake that was a giant. They're pretty rare. You know, we might see, we might have like one random follower a year. Uh, and, you know, we, it, we're like, Hey, that's a freaking giant looking pickerel, you know, I'm like that's a muskie, you know, but it's totally random. And uh, yeah, so but we do have a few, but it, it is super similar, man. It's this high risk, high reward deal. You know, I think, uh, listen, muskie are obviously very aggressive fish, but bass, bass are like, I, I mean, I wouldn't even, I'm trying to think like how to compare it in the animal kingdom, man. Bass just... I think they're more aggressive than a dang musk. I mean, dude, I've seen bass do some freakish things to baits. Even I, I totally, you know, we do this so much. You forget kind of things, but even with the picture you shared on uh, the Instagram story, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, it was a nine inch herring bait and a 14 inch smallmouth absolutely tried to inhale the bait, you know, like bass are nuts. So there are similar, but I think obviously I think you'd have more success bass fishing with big baits than you can musky fishing but it's very much the same mentality i call I, mean, I catch plenty of muskies on bass baits like they, they're not afraid just like a bass ain't afraid to eat a 2.8 or a ned like a musky will slurp up a three inch tube you know a 50 inch musky uh, like no doubt no um, doubt this is a good question kind of to get us rolling here right like uh what, what's your uh, what's your marijuana gateway uh glides for beginners uh, he's got a Dobbins 795 and a Credo 300. So we'll yeah, yeah. So we'll start, man. We'll heavy hit right off the bat. I'd say, you know, if you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go kind of premium as a beginner, and a lot of people are gonna be like, no, like more beginner. But I'm telling you, this bait makes so much sense. Um, the bait that I would 100%. If someone was like, I want to get into swim baiting, what's the first bait I should own? It is a DRT clash nine okay the the bait uh is made by division rebels tackle so drt and it's a nine inch bait the unique thing about this bait is it is a bait that literally does everything this bait retails i think at 140 ish dollars 
a, a lot of flipper guys are trying to get 200 $250. And let me tell you something. They are still worth that price at $200, $250. Here's the reason why. When I buy a Hinkle, this, and this is a Hinkle, okay? This is a, this is a $500 swim bait. We'll call it a Depths 250. Call it any glide bait. When I spend that amount of money, I get one action. I get a glide, okay? When I buy a DRT Clash 9, the bait, how it comes, can be fished just how it comes right here, nine different ways, okay? It comes standard in the box with a bill that dives and makes it like a big crankbait, okay? You can take the bill and literally remove the bill, and now you can twitch the rod tip, and it becomes like this kind of like jerk bait. You can take the tail, flip the tail, and it dives down deeper because this works like the elevator of a plane. This creates drag, which lowers the nose and that natural arc of that back makes that bait get down. And now you've got a big glide bait. It has ridiculous hinge, which means the action you can get on, it's very versatile. I can take this and twitch the bait to get long glides, or I can literally walk this bait like a walking, like a big walking bait underwater. Um, you know, there's more bills. You can get a deep diver bill. You can get a wake lip in it. It comes with different tails. So this bait, but what I want to talk about is price per action. When I spend $50 on an S waiver 200, I spend $50 for one action. If I spend $140 on this lure, I get nine different actions. So now all of a sudden you start doing the math and uh, what is that? That's like $15 per action, just give or take, about $15 per action. So this bait is so versatile. And the unique thing about it is, not like many baits, this bait is actually a slow float. So it has happened. I've had customers go to cast, backlash, and snap the line, where before, with the Depths 250, I'm like, peace, there went $300. <laughs> this bait actually right. slow floats. So I've never lost... I've never lost a Clash 9. I've never lost, I've, I personally have never lost a big a big hard bait. I obviously have customers that do. Um, but I've never lost a Clash 9. Yes, knock on some wood. Knock on some wood. But uh, anyways, this is a good one. Now, if you're literally like, I don't want to spend that much money, you know, and like I said, you're paying your price per action. This is more than just a glide bait. This is a giant crank bait, which by the way, we caught the biggest bass on film in North Carolina. I, did you see that on our channel? Uh, I, I had a customer catch an 11 and a half on film with the DRT mm. class. The biggest bass ever caught in North Carolina on film. I've sampled your vids, but I can't say that I've deep dove and, and, and I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. There's I mean, yeah, if, if guys are interested in seeing big bait catches, like filming, you got a, a ton of great library for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Dreamcatchers Fishing. That's our that's our YouTube channel, Dreamcatchers Fishing, and which then, is linked down below, like the description later for those that are interested. Yeah. So, uh, but so if you're like, I literally don't want to spend one hundred and forty dollars at retail or, or the flipper price. Um, you know, uh, an S waiver is a great one. I actually think uh, Adepts one seventy five due to Gancraft two thirty is really good. Both those baits, I wish I had here. But the Gancraft um, has been responsible for a bunch of double-digit fish in the mountains. And uh, the S-Waver, you know, you guys see what tactical bassin guys do with an S-Waver. They only catch them, you know. But 
a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the user, just like anything you can, you can cast any bait, but you do have to know what you're doing a little bit. And the more you obviously use it, uh, you know, you'll understand how the bait works. You'll understand how to trigger bites and all these little nuanced things. So, I mean, like, that's the one was that, that's 168? the one yeah. yeah, it's the next one smaller than that, but that is what an S waiver looks like. So, that's, uh, and, and, and here's the deal. A lot of guys are like, I want to start with beginner. And they think, let me tell you something. They think start with a 168 or a depth 175. Well, here's the deal, dude. It moves less water, which means it moves less fish, which means you get less bites. You see less fish, which means you catch, you catch less fish. A bigger bait moves more water which means you move more fish, which means you get more bites, which means you get bigger bites and so forth. Bass, listen, listen, listen. I always tell people this. If I was going to fight Shaquille O'Neal, my brain, I understand, I can look at myself in the mirror and look at him and immediately say I'm overmatched. But bass don't, they don't comprehend things like we do. Bass are purely savage nature predators. They just feed. So, when you think about that, they when when a depth two fifty comes by them, it's a ten inch bait. They don't go, oh, that's a ten inch bait, and I'm only sixteen inches. They go, oh, that's a giant injured bait fish. I'm going to try to eat it. You know what I'm saying? Like I constantly tell guys, like if someone put a five pound burger on on my on my plate, I'm like, golly, that thing's bigger than my entire chest cavity. But bass don't think like that. They don't know how big they are. They just think, oh, I'm going to try to eat it. You know, so that's exactly right, David. They just smash it. So, you know, that's that's the deal. So, you know, I can't tell you. I love throwing the hinkle. The hinkle is an 11-inch bait. Dude, I it's disgusting how many two-pounders I catch on this freaking bait. It's annoying. It's annoying. I, I tell guys this. I, I had a customer this past year. This past year, he goes, he goes, you probably only catch giants with that bait. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fish it and show you how dumb this bait is. And he's like, I want to see it. I caught eight fish in a four-hour trip. So about a fish every 30 minutes. It was on a depth 250. My best five fish went 13 pounds in an ounce. <laughs> I'm like, dude, two and a half pounders. Like every single fish was a two and a half pounder. In fact, I had one that was like three pounds. And then I had like the biggest fish out of the eight fish that ate or that was like in the bag was like, two four two five like and there's a bunch of fish that were right at two pounds because they just don't think like we do they once again do you ever see those lions chasing a freaking giraffe they, they don't they don't comprehend they just don't comprehend their size and their capabilities they're like i just go, I, i'm hungry and i want to eat a giraffe it's like you're one lioness you, you're you're not even this you, you're not even the size of the leg of a giraffe and what are they doing they're like clawing on that damn giraffe trying to bite its neck and throat and bass are the same way they're predators they think about one thing survival period they think about eating prey that's what they do you know so it doesn't matter the bait size so once again you know the 168 it's a great bait but it moves less water which means you move less fish which means you just let gets gets uh you get less bites and then you know it's just like you, you catch less fish a bigger bait moves more water because it moves more water you get more followers because you get more followers you catch more fish it's a bigger bait so you're going to move bigger fish your catches are going to go up your size is going to go up and once again back to like 
you know, why is Tom Brady one of the greatest ever? I would argue the greatest ever. And I'm not a football fan. I really don't care about sports all that much. But, man, the reps, the dude just, he's seen it all. He knows what the defense is doing before the defense knows what they're going to do. He, he understands it, right? The more you process information, you're seeing big fish, the more you understand, more you understand how big fish live, how they hunt, why they hunt, you know, and all these things. Then all of a sudden, like last year, dude, I'm, I was pre-fishing. I moved a wolf pack of fish out from this rock ledge, uh, a big spot. They were all like three and a half, four pounders. I moved them off this ledge. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I'm like, I've. I mean, I knew fish used this ledge, but like how they were positioned on it. So I went back with a Kytec on a 3.8 and, and caught like 19 pounds. Ended up, it was a really cold tournament. We ended up winning the tournament though. And I moved, I moved those fish. They were so glued to the cover. My pan optics wouldn't pick it up. 360 wouldn't have picked it up, you know, but a big glide bait moved those fish that were glued to that wall. I mean, I'm talking about glued to that wall. Glide bait moved them. I came back with a Kai Tech, like fished it very parallel in the strike zone, and then just picked them off like crazy. So you get to see that information. You get to process that information. You get to understand how those big fish live, how they hunt, how they eat. It just makes sense. So remind big. me to have you come back on in the spring when my water is not frozen, so I get another pep talk, so I can really like, <clears throat> so I can take this enthusiasm and like confidence that you're installing in my mind right now i just need i'm gonna need a refresher come like uh april just take the dang auger and just like just don't even drill just start mashing the ice and start throwing it just take my clash and beat my way through the ice to get to the fish (laughs) they'll eat it dude if you did that i'd just give you a clash i think you'd earn it i'm like that guy wants it he wants now that 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 video would get a million views (laughs) <laughs> that would that would you could like blow it up too because dude there's some i know some guys that have spent some stupid money so you could be like bro seven hundred dollar lure trying to smash through the ice that'd be sick nice um i guess this actually kind of touches on what you said and you would say no right you know it's one of those things i listen because i do come from a tournament background so i i understand the necessity to get bites and listen i'm always a proponent of match the hatch i like dude if they're listen i'm a big big guy but if they're spitting up crawfish daddy's got on a jig buddy like that's what i'm throwing but you know there are times like if they're schooling on pairing this big dude i'm gonna throw a, a 168 or i'm gonna throw a smaller triple trout or not a triple trout but a farley's herring or a bull shad you know, I'm going to throw a, a more bait fish imitating, uh, you know, what they're on. But a lot of times if I'm sitting on maybe like 15 or 16 pounds and have a few solid three pounders and I'm like, man, it usually takes like 23 pounds to win the tournament. The, listen, the, the giant bass that's like 25, 26 inches, he's not out there with the three pounders chasing around herring. He's just not. He's he's probably laid up the river. He's probably in the creek channel or next to a big boulder waiting for a stupid trout to roll downstream so he can go like this and sit there. So, you know, the answer is I'm a, I'm a believer in match the hatch. Dude, if they're on bait that's that big and they're ferociously eating it, I wouldn't throw something that's 11 or 12 inches. I'd probably throw something six inches or seven inches, you know. So, you know, I would downsize in that situation, um, you know. But once again, after I caught those fish, 
because we're fishing for northern strainers too, man. We don't have we don't have Florida strainers here. The wildlife biologists will tell you they do, but they work for the government, and the government doesn't actually want to work, so they'll just tell you, yeah, there's Florida strainers because so, they actually don't want to do Florida strain stocking program, but their northern strainers we're catching, you know. So the answer is, man, I've I've caught some gruesome gruesome northern strain fish using big swim baits. So does that answer that question? <clears throat> kind of yeah so i guess the difference is right like our northern strains like i mean our state record right is like eight and change yeah right so i mean there are a lot of guys that i know in minnesota that have never caught a six pounder that are serious based anglers that have fished for 20 years so like i guess <clears throat> i've been fortunate i probably caught like eight or ten six pounders one seven pounder in minnesota um <clears throat> and uh those of all almost all but one came on a jig and one came on a frog but <clears throat> um but i guess my point is like we don't have gizzard jam yeah so there's not eight ten twelve inch gizzard jazz swimming around yeah for the most part we don't have thread finch yet it's bluegills it's perch so when i think of oh. what are what are my fish eating right that are Herb. right well and, and a lot of our lakes don't even have that a lot so i think it's like shiners like golden yeah. shiner okay. uh, juvenile bullheads juvenile carp i, I think to some degree when we're throwing i mean not all bass not not every time is a bass like oh you know i see that i i think it's this right but to some degree the fish do behave based on what their uh the prey is in the water they have right like I, i'm a firm believer down south buzz baits work better because there's more shad and gizzard shad <laughs> i mean we still catch fish on buzz baits up here but i don't think it's quite as effective yeah. um so to some degree i wonder if like I wonder if like certain glides, certain actions, maybe certain other like big baits, maybe it's not a glide I'll look at in our cases. Maybe it's something that's more huddish because yeah. maybe that's what a baby carp or a baby or, a, you know, a bullhead looks like or something. Yeah, I don't know. So like no, there dude, could I'm... be some intricacies for sure, but I do, I have a lot of buddies that are still successful up here with big baits. So yeah, of course. So the, here's the crazy thing to think about. Well, so we'll, we'll break down just everything because I, lo I loved it. Just even thinking about that, I'm like, hey, he's, he's providing great points. You have carp, right? Do you ever see little carp like this big, like eight or nine or 10 inches? My guess is you probably don't. And my no, my, I mean, my theory behind it is I think they're, they're, I think they're carp sickles, dude. I never, I see carp that are like two foot long or I don't see carp. I'm like, where are the babies? I think the babies get their freaking butts torched. Yeah. Just a thought. But then the other thing is, man, just I, don't underestimate the fish's ability to just eat, just eat to eat. And, and, you know, there's a couple companies and, and a couple color patterns. I know you've seen a bass cough up a bass before. I'm sure you're on the water enough. You you may have even found a 14 inch bass in the mouth of a 14 inch bass. You know, like I get to see that. I get to see that pretty regularly, just being on the water so much. But you know, bass are cannibalistic. A big fish. I mean, think about think about how old are you, Rich? Forty four, I think. Now. All right. Think about you. Now imagine that you grew with your age, right? Like a bass does imagine you're 80 years old and you're 600 pounds now hold on you're like that sounds a little jacked up but time out. think about how you would spend your energy you would have you let the food come to you and you just eat one big meal and you wouldn't expend a lot of energy you, you have to think like a big bass man like 
a big bass does not want to go chase I mean, they don't want to go chase bait. They don't want to do these things. They, they're they pretty lethargic, man. They're like, I mean, sometimes they're just like really lazy fish. And you can fire them up, obviously, by creating a, a, by creating a strike. But I'm just saying a, a lot of a lot of those fish still feed, try to feed on big forage, whether it's another bass, whether it's a giant bluegill, whether it's crappy. Yeah, dude, freaking, man, a lot. I mean, I know tons of dudes that catch monster, monster bass on crappies. And let me tell you something, a yellow perch might be the the most, I mean, it's te- technically not the best forage to put on pounds on a bass, but giant bass eat perch. I mean, that's like, that's a known fact, you know? So when I think about up north Minnesota, you know, obviously I think you guys still have uh, like big alewives, right? It, it really depends like our it, it's it's very geographic like there's bands of like lakes and lake types and um like southern minnesota is very like they're almost like lowland i mean they're natural lakes but they're like you know they max out at like 20 foot and they got a dark stain to them and the weed line comes out to like three foot and it's you know yeah. uh i imagine a lot of those lakes it is like the bullheads and the crappies and that kind of stuff but then as you go north <clears throat> we have more of our natural lakes and the more rocky kind of glacial lakes right and they'll, they'll have allies and they'll have perch and they'll, they'll and then they'll have small mouth they'll have large mouth and yep. so we have a lot of variety um it's kind of interesting yeah for sure so you know and and don't get me wrong obviously the growing season is different the size of the bass is different but I'm, I'm just, like I said, just don't underestimate the ability of a giant bass to just eat something big because that's just, it just wants to be efficient with its energy, man. If it can eat one, one time every three weeks or a month or a week, I don't know how, how often big bass feed with the calories they burn, but if they can eat one meal and just hang out, man, they're going to freaking do it. So, you know, but even thinking about what you said, you said you've caught eight eight fish over set over seven pounds no like i want to say around eight ish over six one over seven and then so okay and you said all of them were on a jig except one ate a frog yeah or the was it a pretty bulky jig mm, not necessarily they were they were normalish they weren't finesse jigs they were i would say normal cut flipping jigs yeah but a craw a crawdad is still yeah. i mean that's I'm not going to say it's a big meal, but it's a pretty hearty meal for a bass, man. I mean, I think that's like a great example. And dude, a jig's a big fish bait. I don't even care where you are. Dude. It'd catch a bass in the ocean probably. But, uh, you know, a jig's a, a big fish bait. But once again, I just like, I think about when I'm trying to target the biggest fish in the lake, I think the biggest fish is probably lazy and probably waiting for a bigger meal than what than what our minds can even think about a lot of times so yeah i mean and there is a there's a little bit of a, a dedication and putting your time in and, and having that success to get the confidence i mean it's just like anything right like it's no doubt i mean it, it's one thing to pick up you know like a bluegill bait and this is not a big bait but like if you're not used to throwing swim baits this is intimidating That's, but it's also yeah. like i remember when i was younger i basically it took me a long time to gain confidence in a jig i used to use texas rigs because the jig felt we, like there was a mental block there right yeah and i'm sure me too right? I think like every- there's it, it's not just big baits but there's anything it's like or the first time you uh the first time i picked up 
I guess I still have this, but like the Punisher or like the the chicken jig, the the you know the preacher jigs, right? Yeah. So like sometimes these new techniques, right? Like you go out and you fish them, and they feel foreign. And if you're not, ex- it's weird, right? If you're not exuding that confidence into your fishing, a lot of times you're not successful. Dude, I'm a firm believer. Listen, I'm not some like hippie, like energy and stuff, but I do feel like I get bit a lot because I fish it with confidence. And right. and guys will do that. Swagger. And, you gotta have that swagger. Swag, swagger. Swagger. Well, that's what you guys say up there. Swag. You're called swag. The uh, you know, and, and and that's exactly right. But there's a lot of guys, and they'll watch a dude, they'll watch one of the YouTube videos. It's, it's a 20 minute video where I catch five or six fish and talk about what happened and how I broke down the water and why those fish ate or why I assume. And they don't realize like that 20 minute video was a 10 hour day. So they just, and it, dude, it happens with me. Freaking. I love watching the hunting public and a couple of those guys in Iowa and Nebraska hunting these white tailed deer. And I'm like, dude, I live where I live, there's, we don't have many white-tailed deer. You know, the Cherokee, the Cherokee Indian population just decimated our, our population over the years. So we just don't have a lot of white-tailed. So I'm over here comparing my success to these dudes on YouTube that are in Iowa. You know, so same deal. A lot of guys, they, they're like, oh, I went out big bait fishing. And then, I, you know, I didn't have the success of dream catchers. It's like, well, dude, I'm, I'm freaking on the water 300 days a year. I, I, not only am I on the water 300 days a year, I'm on lakes that I've been guiding on for a decade. Like I have caught a big fish off of everywhere. I think a big fish lives and then some, because I've just, I I do it so much. So the other thing with that is a lot of guys, I tell them a lot of people are addicted to getting bites. Listen, once again, I know I'm a fisher, uh, a guide. I'm on the water a lot. I mean, most, most, what would you say? Most guys get on the water, once a week, once every two weeks, once a month. So when they go, they want to have success. And listen to them, that means getting a bunch of bites, catching, you know, a 15 pound bag with all your, and I'm like, dude, there is zero wrong with that, but it's really hard to target that next caliber fish, you know, because it's like, Hey, I'm addicted to that three pounder. I'm addicted to getting those bites. It's fun catching those three pounders. And I'm not, dude, I love catching three pounders. It's super fun. But for me, I'm on the water all the freaking time. Like, like come, dude, come honestly, middle of May, I'm like, I'm over three pounders for customers. I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'm going to put you guys on a, a good bag, you know, 15 to 18 pounds. I'm going to throw this around you guys all day just because what the heck. And I might catch an eight pounder or something. A lot of times my customers, as you can imagine, they can't throw a 12 ounce lure, you know, on a swim bait gear. But a lot of guys are addicted to that bite and they just, they're like, I want to catch a giant. But like you said, it's such a commitment, man. And until you do it enough to like, you understand when the right situations to throw it are, you know, what, what bait you should be throwing in what circumstances, uh, what water conditions, everything, you know, it's just like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to stick with a shaky head or a Texas rig or a tube or a drop shot. Cause I know I'm going to get bites. So I understand that. I get it. Bass Fishing HQ checking in, saying that you got the best swim bait eats, period. Well, I I appreciate that a ton, man. That means a lot because, listen, I'm really good friends. I've got – I've been in the industry for a decade, 
you know, I'm, I talk to Ben Milliken, you know, almost every other day. He's a really good buddy. I talked to Oliver Nye quite a bit. Uh, Tim Little with Tactical Bass and him and I hit it off really good. Like these are all guys that have, oh, Mike Gilbert, you know, Mike Gilbert with uh, Working Class. I talk, I talk to Mike all the time. Like I'm friends with all the guys who I looked up to in the swim bait, in the swim bait deal. So I think all of them have way better stuff than me, but I will say none of them have a head mounted GoPro and uh, so you get to see a lot of this. Like I, I want, I want guys to see what I see. And when I wear that GoPro right here, and you can see that how I impart action, or how that fish reacts, or a cast angle, and how I'm gliding that bait up under that dock. I think that, like, you're seeing exactly what I'm seeing. And I know for a fact that has helped guys understand how to play body language when they get followers, how to execute work on the bait to get it up under a dock, or so forth. So. I appreciate you saying that. I don't think I do, but I, I always want guys to see what I see. So when I talk, they can immediately plug in like, okay, yeah, what he, what he said, I get, I got to see that exactly. So I appreciate it, but I don't think it's the best. Yeah. And it, and it's true. Cause a lot of times, I mean, the chesty is cool for certain things, but a lot of times when you hook like, that reel and you're, you know, it's great for audio and it gets a lot of cool shots, but like, you oh, do miss stuff at the eat because a lot of times your hands and stuff and yeah, the rods in the way. Listen, dude, I'm addicted. I love dudes rocking the chest, the chest mount because it's freaking. It's the drag. It's the stretching of the line. It's the hook set. Like I love it. I even love, you know, being on the console and seeing Ben Milliken swing and these guys use these big rods and swing them. But it's something about being able to just see what I see and experience what I experience. Sure. I think it's special. So nice. All right, let's we've got a few questions popped up here. Uh, I, saw my boy, I saw my boy, uh, Jason Taylor. He he popped in. He's a yeah, he's been I, out here for a while. So I got to put him on his PB this past year. He caught a he caught a dang nine, like nine and a quarter on a HUD. And uh, anyway, he's a customer. Really appreciate you. I almost have your hinkle painted, Jason. So I was working on it today. It's got like two more coats and then some detail stuff. I'll have it to you this upcoming week buddy so you, not only do you sell the baits but you customize them i guess i mean i'm not the best painter it's one of those <laughs> things i don't think i don't think the bass are like oh that is a german brown trout you know it's like but i you know I, I i can put enough paint on it to make it look like a brown trout or a rainbow trout i mean what do you think you think that looks pretty good i mean it looks good enough to eat i mean I, it's got it's got teeth marks on it right there around the head you see that yeah i mean they eat it that's what i'm saying it's like i it's one of those things like you said it looks good enough to eat so so dax wants to know we talked you talked like you highly recommended the clash yeah <clears throat> what's, what's your ideal setup for the clash nines so earlier i saw i saw that gentleman talked about the uh like what's your your marijuana swim bait um, if you're in the fury 795 Dude, I have I have that exact rod. It's $140 or $130 or something like that. You can get our stuff at dreamcatchersfishing.com. I know you obviously have a, a tackle sponsor on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we sell we sell a lot of stuff on dreamcatchersfishing.com as well. But uh dude, I love that rod. It is a one to five ounce rod. Um it has enough tip. I throw an A-rig with it, I throw a clash nine with it, I throw my uh Kind of 
pretty much a Clash 9 in an A rig, just being 100% honest. Anything else, I'm usually going up to, uh, you can still use a Fury, but just a bigger power rod. The reason you bait specific rod, though, um, and I like the Fury series, and most of the swim bait rods are like this, but you want one that is stiff enough to be able to handle a single hook bait, like a HUD or a Defiant, which I love a Defiant. We'll talk about a Defiant. But uh, you want one that can handle a single hook bait stiff enough to, for a single hook, but have enough parabolic bend to it where it keeps those treble hook baits pinned. Um, so the Fury series is a great series for sure. So, um, yeah. So. Yeah. And I guess I just want to remember, <clears throat> don't want to forget. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I am doing a members only stream for the members that are watching tonight at uh, probably another hour. Figure we don't want to go too late, keep Austin too late. So at about 9:35 Central, we're going to switch over to a members-only stream. <clears throat> so I just want to don't want to forget that. Um, I was going to say there was, so. What what is your setup? Uh, are you a fluoro, a mono, a braid? Like there's definitely different camps, but what, what's your what's your philosophy on line for swim baits? And do you change it by variety, or is it all the same? Or so um, if the bait floats, I throw mono. If it sinks or needs to achieve depth, I throw fluoro. Uh, that's kind of my mantra behind it. I, I, I'm pretty simple with that. So all my glide baits, I'm throwing fluorocarbon. Uh, all my crank downs, like a DRT Clash 9, I'm throwing fluorocarbon. On my big top waters, whether it be a lunker plunker, a rat, um, you know, a slammer style bait, uh, which, listen, this a guy had reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I want to make you any swim bait. MS Slammer, Mike Shaw doesn't support small businesses because uh, he's just one of these one of these guys I was talking about. He wants to control the market, and whatever. I don't I don't know why he doesn't support little guys. But this guy made an MS Slammer out of resin. I asked him to make it because mm. I don't like I don't like wood baits. But uh, the thing is awesome. Outside the box fishing is his YouTube channel. He talks about making custom baits he can replicate almost any bait he's very very good super good clean paint job um but anyway so monofilament with my top water baits because i want it to flow fluorocarbon for my soft baits my huds so forth um i think hear me out a big fish doesn't get big by being stupid so i'm not a huge fan of braid because there is that sound when you're reeling in braid of that friction coming through the eyelets I just don't like it. I like a soft line. I like a smooth line, like a fluorocarbon. It's quieter. Um, you know, it just, I need, I, the fish that I'm going for, they've been around the block. They've seen a lot of baits. They've seen a lot of things. I need to be as natural, as stealthy, as under the radar as possible. So I'm a big fluorocarbon guy. And you are, a lot of your lakes are ultra clear, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I literally did a trip. Did a trip on Joe Cassie uh, like three days ago or four days ago. We dropped that footage. Um, caught, a, caught a good one. Caught a 7.3 on a swim bait. Not not a big swim bait, but a Kitek. Uh, but yeah, I mean, literally 25 foot clarity. I wear 25 foot of water and I can see a stump on the bottom. So it's super clear. So, I mean, if you were day in and day out on the Tennessee River, you might be more likely to do a little braid, maybe. I mean, but like, like maybe not. It could be still a sound thing, but I'm just saying like, ultra more reason for you to want to stick to fluorocarbon and mono with that ultra oh yeah yeah, yeah. You know Super. for me it's it's not even a question you know yeah. uh you know and and don't get me wrong some 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 of my like rat rods and stuff because i'm i'm fishing a lot of rats and wake baits around big laydowns um and and by the way a big 
wake bait rad is making a ton of freaking noise. I don't think the squeal of the braid coming through the eyelets makes that big of a difference. So I will throw braid if I'm throwing a, a heavy duty rat or a wake bait around a lot of structure, you know, that's just, that's pretty standard. But I've, I've also freaking bent out hooks before with braid and so forth, but there's a, there's a fine line right there, but that's when I use braid. Sure. So do you guys have clash nines at your shop or do you ever get them in or? We, we are one of three retailers in the United States clash nines. This is actually our custom dream catchers, brown trout color that's coming out. It's literally hook rashed. I mean, I wish, I wish we could like zoom in and show you all the teeth marks. I've probably caught a hundred fish on this bait this year. Uh, I don't know if you can see all the freaking teeth marks on the top. That all the paint that's missing off of it is literally from just crazy amounts of strikes. But uh, anyways, um, we're a, we're a DRT dealer. The deal is DRT is very smart. They're business people. So what they do is they control the supply to keep the demand high a lot of these swim bait companies do they're like we'll only release 100 baits at a time to keep people foaming at the mouth uh, and, and keep the price and demand really high so they're pretty smart but you know you couldn't find them on ebay right now for flipper prices but they're pretty they're pretty hard to get your hands on for sure so you you get like a batch in and then they're gone or how do, how do you control when you get in some clashes how do they, do they just, do you just put them up and they go or do you I, like i'll literally so if you want to clash nine i tell guys this you need to follow our instagram page and it's just dream catchers fishing nc it used to be dream catchers fishing and then we we had multiple stores different states and then when i went back to get dream catchers fishing those we closed down those stores when we went back to dream catchers fishing freaking someone else stole it and i was like damn i should trademarked it or I don't know anyways but uh but dream catchers fishing nc follow our instagram page and uh i'll literally do i usually just post a story like got them on and uh you know it's like one will sell immediately and then we'll get three the last drop we did we got 100 baits and they sold in 52 seconds 52 seconds i'm like and listen guys get pissed off with me i'm like i I don't, how else am I supposed to do this? I don't, I don't know. Like I can't make everybody happy. Like it's really hard. I, the demand is so high on them and you know, so it's tough. Now we have a waiting list too. So, you know, what we'll do is call, you can call us, call us, call our store, go to our channel, find any of our phone number on anything. Google search dream catchers fishing. You'll find our phone number, call and be put on the waiting list. A lot of times we'll get the people fulfill the people on the waiting list um and then we'll and then we'll send it out so yeah no it's it's literally he said it's faster than taylor swift tickets uh and you would be correct it's because they catch bigger bass than taylor swift <laughs> he did say brown trout color <clears throat> yeah um one thing i remember you talking about in the past i believe on one of the streams you're on is, is how bass eat big baits Oh yeah, uh, I know there was a swim bait. You were I don't know if you're still on that, but there was one that had like a hook mount on the head that you were yeah. at that time you were into. I don't know if you still are, but uh, crazy story, man. So ABT the homicide yeah. glide. Um, so that bait changed because I was having so many fish, and if you look on my hinkle, like the tooth marks are all up around the head, like all the teeth marks are all like right here. Um, fish just naturally goes down the hatch easier. You know, you think about a bluegill, 
you have to head its fins down to get the hook out. So naturally, a bass wants to eat a bluegill head first. You know, a crappie, a trout, any of these things. But the homicide glide, I was getting so many fish to headshot my depths 250s and headshot all these baits. I'm like, God, I need to put a freaking nose hook. They came out with the homicide glide. It had the nose hook on it. Dude, literally, I've caught so many fish on it. Um, Alan actually took his own life this past mm. year. I and, know. Uh, oh, my gosh. is super heartbreaking. I was, you know, I, his wife was in the business with him. And, uh, you know, so I, I got to talk to Cindy a little bit. But, man, it was pretty pretty heartbreaking so we don't carry abts anymore they you know they're trying to kind of keep the keep the deal rolling but uh you know it's one of those deals that we were able to i was able to figure out how to put a nose hook on a depths 250 using an independent you know uh like all most most hard baits obviously come with one split ring you tie to your top split ring and then a hanging split ring below it and i i'm telling you people think i'm a dang liar I never foul the line. Like the line never gets fouled up when you run a nose hook on a depth 250. But yeah, they headshot it. And a lot of reading the body language on a big bass, they're always trying to figure out, like when, when you're cutting that thing, they're trying to figure out how to square that thing up and hit it head first. So for me, man, and once again, a lot of our fish are, you know, we have those giants, don't get me wrong, but a lot of the fish we catch are just, you know, two to four and a half, five pounders. And it's unbelievable how many get that head hook right up here in their mouth because they strike it. And when it's cool is when they, when they flick their gills, they inhale, inhale that, that hook will literally swing in their mouth. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's incredible watching. So. Yeah. The problem is, Joey, they're hard to find even before this. So, yeah, we're not, we're not helping things by any means. But it's not like they were – sitting on shells just waiting <laughs> to be good yeah. yeah it's not like they were a secret bait they're freaking you know they're out there and we uh i tell guys man i mean i got a lot of baits dude and uh that bait is by far the best swim bait i have ever thrown just once again purely the versatility i mean dude there was a day uh the, the day the, the guy caught the 11 and a half mike powers caught an 11 and a half pounder with me I had one jump off next to the boat that was a nine in glide mode. So he caught the he caught the eleven and a half using it like a big crankbait down ten foot of water. And literally a hundred yards down the bank, I jumped a nine pounder using it in glide mode. Eric came into town, I caught a nine pounder within glide mode. You know, so it's a very versatile bait. It's it's a bait that everybody I don't throw the tiny clash. A lot of guys wonder, you know, we talked about it earlier. I don't throw the tiny clash. Because it literally catches too many small fish. I catch so many two-pound fish on this nine-inch bait. I've got no need to downsize the seven-inch bait to catch those same fish. And you know, it's just it's unreal. But yeah, they're not—they're not much of a secret, which is totally okay. I mean, it's one of those deals. There's so many ways to fish it, and as dude, as many people have them. I'm telling you, these fish still eat the dang thing like they've never seen it before. You. There's very rarely, or not even very rarely, I have never seen a bait that's this big get cranked down to 10 foot. And dude, I burn it like a 7.3 to 1 Tatula 300, and I burn it, and they absolutely smash it. They don't see a big bait down in that depth with that speed, with that action ever. So that's why it's super cool as a crank down. Wise. 
Let's see here. Uh, who's got Rollin? Roland, Rollin. <clears throat> Any way oh. to reduce the splash, or how? Like, do you do you think the splash is a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Like, how do you approach? It's does it depend on your fishing cover versus not cover? I guess. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Okay. So let me give you a couple different scenarios. One, let me tell you how you reduce the splash. When you cast, a lot of these guys, God bless them, Butch Brown, a lot of these guys just are like, and they just throw it straight over their shoulder. And besides looking like complete idiots, which is hilarious to me, you can achieve the same distance cast lobbing it from the hip just like this than you can acting like a moron and trying to eat the thing over your shoulder. So I do a lot of lobbing, and when I do, if I'm – if I'm lobbing it, like I need to make a distance cast, I don't even care about splash. I it, It's one of those things, if it makes a terrible noise, yes. If it makes a little noise, whatever, I, it does not matter. But a lot of times on our lakes when I'm fishing cover or on our lake specifically, when the brim spawn happens, we get what we call wolf packs. Those fish literally cruise in three, four, five, six, seven, eight fish on the bank together, and you need to make a precision cast. The deal is I cast from the hip. So that kind of roll cast, just like you'd skip under a dock with a jig or something, I'll throw it and try to keep that bait maybe two to three foot above the water, maybe four or five foot. It's totally okay. But I give the tip and as I, as I stop my spool. So I give the tip, like I, I'll stop the spool, right? So the bait stops traveling and I give the tip. So you slow your bait down and it, it, it almost lands like an airplane and it's very smooth and gentle. So you can take a, a bait like a hinkle that if I just yeeted the thing, you know, it would it make a, a literally a 10 foot by 10 foot splash. I can take a hinkle, an easy roll cast, give the tip and slow the spool down with my thumb. And it literally sound like, I mean, just gracefully enter the water. So the key is roll cast like you're skipping a jig, but obviously you're not skipping these baits. I mean, you can with, if, with more experience, but you're keeping that, that bait kind of parallel with the water, five, four or five foot over. And you want to give that tip and, and hit that thumb at the same time. And it literally takes that bait and slows down the trajectory and then eases it down into the water. So does that make sense? I mean, it's no different than pitching a jig or a crawl, but it's exactly. on a bigger scale. It's a little bit different muscle memory. It's a little different. It takes practice. You're not just going to be like, oh, Austin said do it. It's going to take a few casts. It's going to take some hours to get it down. It's, it's just like you said with flipping, you know, you guys that flip and they throw their bait 10 foot in the air and it sounds like a like a damn someone just shot a rifle out of the sky at them. Or you get that bait that, you know, when you're flipping, you're getting it that high off the water and you're slowing that that spool down and you're giving the tip to it and you don't even hear it in, enter the water. You, just, you know, so no doubt. Feather the tip. That's right. Just the tip. Um, I guess, is there ever a time when you, uh, when do you, I mean, I know you said early, like super, super early, super late cold water, you like the huddle thing. Is there any other time that you like soft baits? Yeah. So, um, when do you switch from the glide bait to soft swim bait? Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, um, they'll still eat a HUD style bait or a defiant. I'm a really big fan of the defiant. It's got, uh, you know, it's a line through system. So when they eat it, you set the hook, the bait swings up the line. And uh, caught a really nice fish last year, right, right, just under ten pounds uh, on it. But uh, in the middle of the summer, I caught that fish in the middle of the summer, and so they'll still eat soft, soft baits. A lot of it has to do with what I'm personally watching. So this is kind of my rule of thumb. 
um, from from 40 degree water to 55 degree water, they'll eat a soft HUD style bait um, from 50 degree water to about 80 degree water. They'll eat a glide bait and from about 68, 70 degree water and above, they'll eat a serpentine bait like, uh, you know, your herring swim baits, uh, like a triple trout style bait. Um, now, obviously there's exceptions. You can catch a fish on a freaking Kitek all times of the year. Um, you know, there's other, other soft style swim baits that are like boot tail, like mag drafts and stuff. But, you know, for me, if I'm throwing, if I'm throwing that soft swim bait and maybe I'm just getting followers and the water's like the water's in the, you know, low fifties and I'm throwing the soft swim bait, I'm just getting followers. I'm like, huh, maybe they want something a little more aggressive or maybe it's in the low fifties and I'm throwing a glide bait and I'm just getting followers. I'm like, maybe I need to throw a soft bait, but you know, it's a lot it's simple, simple fishing, right? The colder the water, the slower your presentation needs to be. With the warmer the water gets, the faster your presentation can be. It works very similar with swim baiting. You know, colder water, I like my, I like my very simple, just action like that. You know, when it's when it's really warm water, dude, I want that freaking bait acting acting crazy. So, um, you know, that's how you do it. But once again, there's always, man, I can take a. I've, I've had unbelievable days throwing a, uh, you know, like a, a 6.8 Kitek with an owner beast hook in the middle of the summer before skipping it around docks or on dam walls or so, you know, it, there's no real rule of thumb, you know, it just comes down to do the biggest thing is locking the damn thing in your hand. Seriously. Austin, do you believe in shot colors for larger swim baits to create reaction by? I've noticed that's pretty popular in Japan. Yeah, you know, I our lakes, once again, I, I am like so finicky, man, of like being natural. Nature likes to blend in, and I'm trying to catch these giant bass that are very smart fish. So I always try to keep it natural. Japan, if you think about it, the biggest lake they have in Japan is Lake Biwa which is like two times the size of Chickamauga, I think. So it's not a huge reservoir. So I think they have to think outside the box a little different. So can it work here in the U.S.? Absolutely. Like, I, you know, a, a lot of times I tell guys, a lot of guys get really caught up on color and I tell them, hey, if it looks natural, if it looks natural, a fish is going to eat it. But at the same time, you know, if, if, if everyone's throwing natural stuff and you need a big old fat nasty thing of chartreuse down the side or on the back of it, Dude, I don't see why it wouldn't work. I don't do it, but I'm not, dude, I'm just, I'm just a dude that likes to throw the baits. I don't know everything. That's for sure. So you can throw shot colors. I'm, I'm sure it'll work. Uh -oh. It's interesting because <laughs> I had myself muted, um, right? The shot colors seems like they're coming out of Japan, which they have even more pressure, more clear water, right? So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a trend that we'll see, right? Typically, things that happen in Japan, we see them like a decade later here, too, right? Oh, of course. I agree 100%. Um, do you dabble at all with the bluegill imitators, like the, the the more bluegill profiles, or is it mainly trout and shad for you? It's one of those deals, you know, back to my whole uh, it moves more water, I get more followers. I'm catching bigger fish and listen dude i have i've had giant bass in my life well bleh, throw up a big bluegill before I, I see it all the time i just i just don't mess with them all that much um 
you know, for whatever reason, I just, I like a big, big glide, um, with big, big wide action, you know, really the, and I'm not a huge, here's the deal. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of the, uh, of the profile of the bait, like a really tall bait, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't not catch fish. I mean, you can obviously still catch fish on it. So no, I don't mess with it purely because dude, I'm addicted to throwing baits that are, you know, when I, every time I cast this thing, I'm thinking like, this, this might be the cast I catch a teener. You know, that's just how I feel where I don't know if I was throwing a bluegill bait, if I would feel like that, unless it was on a bed. So I do throw a bluegill, like bluegill glides, like a jack, uh, jackal. What do they make? The Gantarell? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll piddle around. Like if I can't get a, a spawning bass, like a big female to, to pin down on our bed, throw a dang Gantarell up there. I'm, that's, I'm just going to say that. That's it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I've heard that, that, you know, there, there's some people that really like those big blue gates and they are a little bit popular up here, but I also hear a lot of people say that the hookups, right, they're not good because they get a big enough bait that moves the water and has the drawing power that you're talking about, they end up being pie plates, right? So, like, the fish hit them and, like, they don't... How yeah, you would have to, the fish have to strike the lure as you were working it, those hooks to kind of fold up under the belly. So when they struck the bait, and a lot of times with glide baits, they'll hit it on that pause, which means those hooks are dangling. So it's this weird kind of hookup ratio with them. So, you know, for me, a, a longer, slenderer bait, like a trout profile, or it's, it's also gizzard shed baits. That's why they started making these gizzard shed baits. They're more like a thinner gizzard shed profile. They look more like a herring, uh, yeah. but I like them. So, yeah. So speaking of hooks, like, uh, I'm sure you're not fishing all stock hooks. You probably have a favorite. Do you like what? What are your? Is it different per bait, or is there certain style hooks you mostly like, or what's your what's your philosophy on hooks, and what do you like? Yeah, so a few different hooks for a few different baits. Um, I pretty much tell guys you can't go wrong with a ST36 series from owner, um, but they believe it or not, I'm pretty sure that. DRT like cornered the market with one not ST36. Like you could not find my the past two, you cannot find an ST36 one not in black nickel. Like it is, it's annoying. So, anyways, I'm, I'm fishing the bait. Oliver, my buddy Oliver and I with Big Bass Dreams, I'm like, hey man, you know, what kind of hooks are you throwing? He goes, try these BKKs. Dude, they are sticky sharp. They are very rigid. Um, I've been very, very impressed with them. So, you know, like this hook, this bait right here has got a two-aught, a two-aught ST36 right there. And then I've got a BKK one-aught right there. And, you know, I don't hesitate. Um, now, with the Hinkles, it's funny because Oliver hate, hates on me for fishing the stock hooks that come with the Hinkle. But it, it's, I forget what it is. It's the owner ST40-something, but it's got the cutting point. It's got the cutting point. And he's like, man, I lost one one fish that was a double digit because it like cut like when you set the hook, it like sliced this fish wide open, and uh, it, it ended up coming unpinned because where it sliced it open, that fish didn't get didn't stay pinned. But dude, with the Hinkle trout, I, I have yet to have a fish that gets hooked not get in the boat with those freaking things right there. So. I'm a big fan. And like I said, it's just the one with the cutting point. I think it's like a ST, it might be a ST45 or something like that. Uh, but 
I'm pretty simple, but I, I'm a big fan of the owner hooks. And then with that nose hook, with the nose hook on the Peps 250, I like the Gamagatsu EWG short shank series, and I'll throw a one eye. And the reason why I like the short shank is because when they hit that head, it's very, it's a, always a very precise strike. So I want that that EWG short shank right there on the nose of it. So when they hit that head, very precise, that short shank will grab them. So nice. Yeah. Okay. Jason Hanna, welcome to the members. Welcome to Team Hella. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Gotta give them a little uh, one of us. One of us. Welcome to uh, the community. Awesome. Um, Yeah, Derek, you were asking about a good spinning rod and reel for your son. I would get like a medium, something, I don't know, 6'8", 6'10", spinning reel, $100 combos. There's probably some good but loose combos and maybe some Abu combos in that $100. I mean, that budget. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, Daiwa makes a rod called an Arid X, A-I-R-D-X. Um, $50 price point. It is a very light rod, very sensitive. And then they have a Revros, the Revros reel yeah. at 500 dude. It's a yeah. hundred combo. I literally fished the Bassmaster opens with those, with those rods and loved it. Yeah. That's the, Revros. the Revros right there. Revros is an absolute. So if you can find a, a $50 rod to go with that Revros, that's great. So for a hundred dollar combo. Yeah. I think that's good, but there's some good, I mean, like if you're looking for like a pre-made combo, I think like lose and, and Abu have a couple of hundred dollar combos out there that would probably do the trick. But otherwise, piecing together something with a, a Daiwa Revros is a good option as well. Dude, is that? I don't even understand how Daiwa comes out with reels like that at those price points. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean like a Dobbins Colt if you you know for eighty bucks, and then for that with a Revros, if you can go up to one hundred and thirty, that'd be a pretty sweet combo as well. Um, let's see here. Oh. Clay says he just bought an iSlide 262. He's going to do the mod that Austin did to his. Oh, yeah. I, we can talk about that. Forever, I only saw Oliver and I catching fish on an iSlide. And I've got one other buddy who, who catches some fish on it. But I took a, a play out of the a play out of Ben Milliken's playbook. This The joints on these mm. iSlides. I mean, they, they literally barely had any angle, and you had to work on like a big jerk bait. Well, I ended up because the freaking uh, the DRT just has this crazy angle, so you can just get it to like literally turn on itself like a walking bait underwater. So sure. I'm like, I wonder if you can't do that with the ice slide. So I cut those freaking joints out of the ice slide and got this really good angle. Literally, I go out my first day with it and catch like four fish that are four or better on it end up missing maybe one or two that were like five um but was really blown away with with just how pretty this bait looked as a big walking bait and uh, i went from thinking it was the ugliest worst glide bait of all time to uh, it's a player in my arsenal now so but what is the ice slide cost how much like a hundred and ten ish bucks i think it feels like you shouldn't have to take a dremel tool to your hundred and ten <laughs> You're you're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir, but I'm a I'm a bait junkie. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm like, guys. Yeah, no. didn't did, didn't Milliken do that first to like a speed glide or something like a? Yeah, he did it to like a, one of the cheaper sixth cents, and then like yeah. he really liked it. He's like, well, let's keep going with this, you know. But I'll say this: what how they made the ice slide, they made it to be a giant jerk bait. Listen, this bait stock 
cuts, Rich, you're going to think I'm a freaking liar. It cuts four feet from side to side. Hmm. Four feet. I'm talking about like this. But you have to get these jerks right. And listen, I'm pretty coordinated. I mean, I played baseball in you know, Division One. Like, I'm, I'm like half decently coordinated. Dude, I couldn't get damn it. I couldn't get it to glide. So I'm like, well, I'm going to simplify this and dummy proof it. And when I did, it, I started catching fish for me and in my arsenal. But I'm with you. I'm like, I don't, maybe they just need to release a modified, you know, like, hey, here's an eye slide traditional and here's an eye slide. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you could, uh, maybe that could be a collab. You could work with them on Oh, come on now. Money maker. Money maker. Yeah, so white whale asks a good question. Um, you uh, you're talking about your deep, clear trout lakes. So where mm -hmm. do your where do a lot of your bites coming? Are they coming up deep? Are they coming from cover? Is it all of the above? Like what? Talk about that. Yeah, so you know a, a big deal is I just like to fish the conditions. Um, you know, so if if I was going out, let's say like right now it's you know early winter specifically. Right now we had a ton of rain. Um, you know, a lot of like, dude, we've had like four or five inches of rain the last few days. Uh, a lot of trout get flushed out of those rivers with that current end up in the lake. So I'd be fishing at the head of lakes with the warmer rainwater because the, the lake's colder, right? The lake's colder and this warm rain is going to draw a lot of those because cold-blooded creatures are naturally attracted to that warmer water. So I'd be going to the head of the rivers. Um, I'd be fishing out on points. Um, and like if it's sunny, I'm a firm, firm believer when it's sunny, those big bass like to get maybe not all the way shallow, but they like to get on hard, dark cover that absorbs that heat. So, uh, you know, if it's really sunny, high sky, like I can feel like it's, it might be cold, but the, the sun feels warm on, you know what I'm talking about? When, when you're like, it's cold out, but the sun. I always wear my dark hoodies in the spring, right? Like I'm always trying to get that little. That's exactly the exact same reason these big basket where they do. So, you know, I'm fishing, I'd, I'd be fishing, you know, once again, it's all conditional, but if the sun's out, gun's out, baby, I'm fishing that thing up around docks. I'm fishing it around shallow cover, rocks, bluff walls that are dark that the sun's hitting, areas like that. Um, you know, the creek mouths, like way up the river where, where these rivers are meeting the lake, uh, points, so forth but yeah this time of the year deep deep mountain reservoirs i'm throwing a lot of offshore points with big boulder um, if you get a warm rain i'm going to the head of the creeks if i get the sun up I'm, you know i think those fish will move from those points and kind of get shallower on those points or even even transition to uh docks just to get that warmth coming off those floats so nice very cool Andrew, he says, uh, do, you, do you ever have the Hinkles in stock? Yeah, so we literally, we had five trouts come two days ago. They, we have a waiting list for those. Uh, and then, we, yeah, we get the Hinkle Shads too. So, yeah, we do. It's a lot like freaking DRT, man. It's these, these guys just, they release baits when they want to release baits. And it's the tough thing because it's like, you know how they say never shoot the messenger. And I'm always the messenger on these deals. I'm always like... Hey, we, yeah, it's like, thanks. Just you're an SOB because I'm like, I, I'm just, I only got 10 Hinkles in. Like, I only got 10 Hinkle Shads in. Like, I've got a waiting list of 40 of them. And, you know, Andrew's a little more responsive. A lot of people hate dealing with him because he, like, 
he'll take your money and then he won't reply to you. And I'm like, it's brutal. Well, we buy so many baits. I mean, like at any given time, Andrew Hinkle's got $5,000 tied up of our money. So he's a little better to answer to us because I'm like, hey, dude, like you got five racks on it. Don't answer my damn emails. <laughs> so he's a little better with us. But yeah, we get him in, but we got waiting lists. And it's a pain, man. So I want to apologize. But you, you literally, hey, we went and listen. Um, I tell guys this all the time. You can pay. You can pay. Uh, it's, I think it, I think you can buy the blanks for two eighty, and 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 wait literally a year. Or uh, you know we don't we don't get regular shipments, but we get about three shipments of Hinkles in a year. We we charge you know three fifty for the blanks, and I'm like, and when we get them in, you can get them. It's the, it's the value of convenience because this is what I know. It happens all the time. I'll post a video catching a five or six pounder on a Hinkle, and then and then my buddy Ben Milliken will put out a video catching two double digits on a Hinkle, and then all of a sudden we'll get twenty calls about Hinkle trouts. You know, it's like the price is the price, man. You know, it's tough. Like, <clears throat> so, anyways, you pay for convenience. Yeah. So, what are what are some of the baits? Like, if people are interested, that you are getting in that people are getting on wait lists. So like, give us kind of a rundown, a couple of the, your popular ones. So if people are interested, they can call you and potentially get on yeah. the list. The Hinkle trout, uh, you know, that's, that's this guy here. I've got a Hinkle shad in my boat, uh, but the Hinkle trout, Hinkle shad and the DRT clashes, the DRT tiny clashes. Those are the boogers that like guys really want to get on. So what I would say is you can either message us, uh, you can email us, uh, through dreamcatchersfishing.com or you can call us at 828-354-0250. Like I said, go just head to our YouTube channel, Dreamcatchers Fishing. You can find all of our website information in the description, our phone number in the description of all of our videos. So. Nice. Everything else we just usually have in stock, which is pretty great. So. Do you have some baits that you have in stock that people actually are looking, like that people don't think you would have in stock? Like um yeah, is there anything sneaky that you're like oh people are nobody else has these but we typically have these uh, uh well yes and no we've we've got some gan crafts in stock they're really hard to come by like i said that's a that's a big big uh a big bass bait i mean that's like one of the most proven glide baits ever now i will say this our online inventory doesn't match up dude i i love fishing and I love the fishing industry, but retail is a pain in the ass. And for whatever reason, our online um, inventory does not match our like on-hand inventory. So it's like you might get online and be like, oh, it says they don't have any in stock, but you might call. So they might have 10 of them in stock. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I would just say, call us. Like I said, call us 828-354-0250. That is you'll talk to either Big Mike Jennings or myself and I will get you dialed in. But the Gan crafts, they're pretty sneaky. Everything else you can you can get um, you know, just about anywhere. Obviously, when I share my knowledge like this, my my intended hope is that guys do support our small little tackle shop. We're just it's just me, my father and you know, one of my really good friends that uh that runs our business. So, you know, support our small business. 
we, we do this. We, I, I come on these podcasts and share my intellectual property, obviously, in hopes that guys, uh, as a thank you, support our small business. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's multiple ways, right? You can you can go buy some baits. You can go check out some of his videos. You can book uh, all of my social media. Just become part of the committee. Contribute back, right? There's a lot of ways to participate and uh, share right. and give back to everybody, right? So that's right, totally. <clears throat> I promise you, though, if you if you if you subscribe to his channel and you start watching that video, you'll end up buying a swim bait. It'll happen. Yeah, yeah. I, get, <laughs> I get guys all the time. They're like. They're like my my wife's like I'm binge watching your swim bait stuff. Just send send me a rod set up and some baits, please. I'm like, all right, uh, love it. Yeah, and and you do some cool promos. Like I saw, there was some like you had a dial a swim bait set up, and there's some like, oh, you, like people that are following you on like Instagram and stuff. You do have some like sneaky good deals that come out. Listen, listen, listen. I. All right, guys, if you're watching this, I because I'm, I'm, I'm on my phone, so I don't know how many people are watching this. If you are so we've watching, had about constantly 150-ish tonight. Okay, I'm telling you guys this right now. We are running a deal right now. If you want to get a great swim bait set up, this is dumb. We are doing a buy a Tatula 300 and get the Daiwa DXSB swim bait rod for free. So it's like a $120 rod. You get it for free if you buy a tattoo of 300. We have a Which is ton like of 250, 300 bucks right. for that reel. 270 dollars, I think, yeah. for the reel, and literally get like it's a 400 dollar value for 270 bucks. And by the way, the Daiwa DXSBs, like out of my entire arsenal, I've got um, two Dobbins Champions. I've got two Fear Dobbins Furies. I've got five DXSBs. I mean, I love the rods. They're um, the one bit, the one video that was kind of one of our first big swim bait videos that like went really big time was uh, me and a good friend TK Butel who used to guide for us, but we caught like 35 pounds and smashed them using a DXSB swim bait rod. It's just a great rod. Uh, it's versatile. You can throw a rigs on it. That, in that video, we were using eight-inch huds, which are like five ounces. And in the same video, he catches like an eight-pounder on a Gancraft. And then the next day, I catch like a nine on a Devs 250. So anyways, uh, appreciate you saying that about the channel. But anyways, go to dreamcatchersfishing.com, buy a Tatula 300, and get the swim bait rod free. If you're like, I, want, I need a new A-rig rod, I want to get into big swim baiting, literally, you can get an unbelievable combo. Unbelievable combo for two hundred and seventy dollars. And you still running yeah. that other Daiwa thing with it? Oh yeah, and then uh, totally. If you spend hundred dollars, you said that. If you spend two hundred dollars, which falls under that, now we only have ten on this promotional deal. But if you if you're one of the first ten people to spend over two hundred dollars on Daiwa stuff, you get another like seventy dollars worth of Daiwa stuff. You get like a a Daiwa long jerk bait box. Uh, you know, tackle store. you get say that again some fluoro some nico worms yeah some nico worms uh, a soft plastic storage bin and a daiwa hat which as you say in minnesota is swaggy so buy 270 buy spend 270 on a reel get up like i think it's a hunt like i don't know how much the rod is maybe 120 dollars, and then get another 70 dollars. so you it's pretty like much right yeah. yeah, like $500 in value for 
50% off. So we got that going on at dreamcatchersfishing.com. It's sick. Do you have a brick and mortar I can visit? I'm in the 828. No way. Yeah, dude. We're in Silva, North Carolina. Um, literally, when you're coming down from Waynesville, down Balsam Mountain, uh, we're literally right off the main drag on the right, Dreamcatchers Fishing Supply, uh, 21 Steeple Road. So 21 Steeple Road, Silva, North Carolina. So come on. We, we, we have tons of customers from everywhere. Upstate South Carolina, North Georgia. Is the business still for sale? All right. Do you want you, you, made, want a, you made a really clickbaity video? Somebody's gonna ask. All right. So I got news for you guys. Man, this is like this is really heavy. Um I I'm a serial entrepreneur. My wife and I, we own uh a few businesses. We own we build houses, we own Airbnbs, we own a tackle shop, and then we are actually owners in a really big startup that is going to change the fishing industry. And when I say change the fishing industry, um, it's, yeah, it's going to have the power. It'll be a household name for fishermen. The business will be, um, I am kind of stepping away from dream catchers fishing. We have elected to keep dream catchers fishing. The big thing that I've run into with my business a lot. Of, and listen, I, I love the love guys. I appreciate so many people reaching out on a daily basis. You know, they love the content. They love the enthusiasm, all this stuff. I have, I have actually gotten really burned out, um, guiding. So what I wanted to do was train uh, a young, passionate guy like myself, which is where Jennings has come in, our new employee, one of my really good friends. Uh, he is going to be stepping up as our main guide. I'm still going to be guiding, but I'm not going to be guiding in the capacity because my role in this new business is the CMO, CGO, chief marketing officer, chief growth officer with this business. Um, so, you know, I'm still going to be involved a little bit with dream catchers for making content. I'll still be guiding a little bit, but I'm moving into the next segment of my life. Uh, you know, I think this business, this business has the capacity to, like shape the industry in a way that's never been literally when I say never been done before. I know it's a cliffhanger, but uh, you know, something that the Lord has always really blessed me with is great mentors in the, in the business sense um, and, and just the right people to be around. So I've, I've got some business partners. We've come up with this incredible business model. You guys will all hear about it. I'll be back on this podcast talking about it. Let me buy some equity, bruh. Listen, you'll be able to, um, you'll be able to, we're going to, we're coming out with this specific thing. Um, and then we're going to do a class a, a series a rather, um, stock raise, you know, capital raise. So you'll definitely, you know, if you're interested in investing in this company, which as a fisherman, I would think everybody will be. Um, and then there's so many opportunities that we have down the pipeline with this company, rich. You're like, what is it? What is it? And I'll tell, I'll tell rich off off public. I've got non-disclosures. I've, I've got legal entities hinging on what I'm saying right now. All I can say is it is going to absolutely change the end. So I'm so excited about it. I've got a stomach ache. I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> it's awesome. like, it's an incredible business model. It's going to, it's going to give a lot of fisher. It's going to, it's going to change a lot of people's lives, man. I'm kind of getting emotional thinking about it. So sounds cool. Yeah, man. I'm pumped. I'm pumped about it for sure. So anyways, yeah, I guess 
maybe a more general question. Like, so what, what, what are the top selling soft hard baits? Maybe not necessarily swim baits. Like what's, what's moving down there? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this time of the year, dude, you know, and listen, I, I'm a dude, I'm a damn fiend when it comes to an A-rig bite. So I'm a big fan. Listen, oh my gosh, the Harvester A-rig by uh, um, Hog Farmer. Mm. <laughs> dude, we are smashing. We we smash mega bags. I mean, a lot of 20 to 30 pound bags on an A-rig. It's a ton of fun. You know, it's, I consider it a big bait. It weighs two ounces when you're all said and done with the thing. And the bite is just addictive how they slam it. Um, so, you know, and obviously moving like crazy Kytex with it, but yeah, my top selling soft and hard baits out of the shop. Um, as, as far as, uh, you know, we, we're big mega bass dealers, you know, so we move a lot of jerk baits, but as far as swim baits go, you know, a, a, a great, great swim bait is the uh, sixth sense draw. Ben mm. Milliken, uh, you know, he, he helped design the bait. We have, in fact, when he came into town, he signed like 20 baits. We still have five sixth sense draws signed by Ben Milliken personally uh, in stock. I think you can get them on our website. Um, man, we got, a, oh, we got a dude, a sneaky bait that not a lot of people know. I just thought of it that we have in stock. I'm even, I'm even a little like, ah, um, we have some working class zero citizens in the misfit. So they ran a limited color run of this misfit color. It's a darker, it's a darker color. It looks like a looks like a gizzard shad. That's a big that's a soft bait, right? The citizen, right? The citizen, it's a it's a what bait? Soft bait, right? It's a soft bait. Yeah, you fish it with a dot owner beast hook. Like literally, they sold out like crazy with those. We have we have like thirty in stock right now, like like down low. So, anyways, cool. Thanks for taking us up on the Christmas special, man. Appreciate you supporting our small little business. So, anyways, we do have those baits in stock. So, uh, if you guys are looking for, there's a lot of hype around the working class zero citizens. We have a few in stock still, and uh, it's one of those deals. Like I keep them on the shelf, like they're on the shelf, and I'm like. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I can tell people like, Hey, we got them like, or just like, Hey, you know, you know, I know if you don't know, you don't know. I know, you know. Okay. Like, yeah, they're available. We have a few. So that's cool. Yeah. John wants to have you guide on you or Jennings guide on Fontana. Yeah. On Fontana all the time. Jennings was out there yesterday. I was out there last week. We caught 33 fish in a four hour trip, had a couple three and a half pound spots. Uh, you know, we actually last year we won the Fontana classic. We won five grand. Um, yeah, thanks man. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, but yeah, we won the Fontana classic five grand. We actually won the new year's day tournament out there. Me and a buddy who has cancer, uh, we won the new year's day tournament the very next weekend we won the Fontana classic. And then we were sitting in second on the boy scouts classic. Uh, and it fell to fourth out of 60 boats or whatever it was. But love, I love Fontana, man. That, that lake's been uh, really good to me over the years. A lot of big fish. Or not really, not, not a lot of big fish, but a lot of big catches. It's it's one of those deals. The weights are always, like, so tight. And then you catch, like, a five or six pounder, and you're like, I think we might have done it. <laughs> nice. You ever Is your handwriting as bad as mine where you write notes and then you can't read it five minutes oh, after you wrote it? Yeah. I, I, wrote, 
I wrote a letter to my wife and son this morning before I went hunting, and my my wife texted me and said, "What's this even say?" And I'm like, "I love you." That's it. <laughs> and then they take a picture of it, and you look at it, and you go, "I don't know what it says either." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a prescription. It's a prescription thing from a doctor. <laughs> nice, cool. We got about uh, five ish, ten more minutes here, so. Um, I appreciate it. This is fun. Like it's uh, as much fun as I expected it to be hanging out with you, Austin, just talking like a, I love your enthusiasm and your passion for fishing. It, it definitely showed yeah. through today. Well, dude, like I said, man, I, you know, I, the dream, dream catchers to me, uh, you know, my dad always said when he retired, he wanted to have a guided fishing business, like a small business. And, you know, so I've always, I've always looked up to my dad. He's a hard worker. And, uh, you know, for me, Dreamcatchers was kind of bringing his dream to reality by starting this business. And I love fishing. You know, I'm a, I'm a fish head dude through and through. But then the other thing is um, I aspire. Every, everybody has a dream catch. And I aspire to help people on their dream catch. I don't I'm not one of these guys. It's the one thing I hate about the fishing industry and in uh, the swim bait industry. There's so much ego and so much of this freaking, you know, uh, there's just so much ego and selfishness and pride in the way. And I just don't operate that way, man. I just, I want to see like, these aren't my fish. They're not your fish. They're God's fish. God put them on this earth for us to enjoy them, make memories. And uh, to me, I want to see guys succeed on the water. Dude, we only have one life. Uh, we only have one life and I want guys to make memories. I want them to enjoy their life. And for me, I just, it's my dream catch is to uh, see you guys catch your dream catch. So that's what it's all about for me. It's what it's what uh it's what keeps me going, man. Yeah, What's for sure. I get I, I do get I get flack from some of my fishing buddies, and certain guys don't want to fish with me because I film our tournaments, right? And they're they're all like, oh, I don't want to show the spots, and I don't want this and that. And I'm just like, bro, it's I'm an, I'm the same thing. Like my whole motto is I want to help you catch more big bass and suck less. So yeah. Like, well, like that's I'm just like I want everybody to catch more fish and have more fun. Like. Listen. Dude, I'm a I'm, think about this. I'm a freaking fishing guide and I video everything. You want to talk about absolutely burning your stuff, dude? There's stuff that I have that's so secretive and we catch a giant fish out of, and the person's like freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my biggest bass ever. And I want to, I want to, I post it. I, I will post it, you know, and then it, I'll have people fish the spot. And it's one of those deals, man. It just, it's, it is what it is. I think so. I don't think there's many secrets left in fishing, but what is a secret is what is the most latest information. And a lot of things are timing deal, you know, like there's very few secrets, but a lot of it's timing and, and like right conditions and making the right decisions. That's, that's the big difference maker in this industry, you know, but uh, yeah, like you said, and here's the deal. I post, this is what's nuts. We won the tournament on new year's day. My buddy, Andy and I, and then I posted the video and guys are like, well, you ain't going to win. You ain't going to win there next week. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And we ended up finding a different school of fish in a different place doing the same thing. And, and I'm just like, it, it's fun to me because it's the, ch dude, I'm a, I'm cursed. I'm addicted to the challenge. I always want to challenge myself. You know, I, I run marathons and half marathons. I, I hunt like the mountains. Like I just, I do, I like really challenging crap. So for me, it's almost, it's almost like I'm going to post how I, how I won the tournament and then everybody's going to swarm that area. 
<laughs> and then I'm going to, I'm going to go to a different place and try to figure it out. Cause it's this challenge, but, uh, you know, we had, we had a tournament back to back years. We were, we won it three years in a row at Chattoog. Um, we had won a deal and some guys were like, well, you ruined that spot for next year. We found a different deal the next year we won it. We posted that video and <laughs> it all gets beat up and we found fish in a different spot. It's, it's a challenge. It's fun. I, it helps guys, uh, you know, they get to catch more fish. It's a challenge and fun to me. And I just like sharing my passion, man. Like I said, my goal is for people to maximize their life. Like I don't want anybody at the end of their life to look back and say, I wish I would have whatever. Like you have a dream, go catch it, man. That's what it's all about. That's what we only have one life. Go live it, baby. So anyways. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Edge Crusher was just trying to, I think, so the Christmas special is the, the Tequila with the rod, right? So, yeah, so the, so we, it's kind of, all right, here's the deal. We have the Christmas special. It's buy a Tatula 300, get the rod free. Then the next, however many people that do that, we only have 10 promos come in to get an extra like $70 worth of Daiwa stuff. But that's not going to show up in his cart. That'll just get, that'll get, shipped. that's right. That'll just get shipped with everything. Now here's the deal inevitably we're going to run out of those the deal is still an unbelievable deal just getting the rod for free you know like just getting the hundred and change dollar swing bait rod for free is awesome we've sold a ton of those combos and like i said if you're looking for a versatile a rig rod that does some big swim bait stuff uh you know dude it, it those rods the the setup is awesome i i have i have five of them half of my rods are those exact setups so yeah, I think he just wanted to make sure he wasn't like missing something in his bucket. So. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Andy, how do you join the premium? I think you're talking about the Hellabass members. So if you're watching on, so whatever you're viewing on right now by the join or subscribe button, there should be a join button. And if you're on a mobile device, you probably have to hide the live chat to get that. And that's how you do the, the members. Um, so cool. Well, I think uh, we covered a ton. Uh, I think there was definitely, I'm sorry, we had a bunch of people in here asking a lot of good questions and Austin went deep like we wanted him to on a bunch of stuff, which was awesome. So we're just going to have to have you come back in the spring and, and do it again. You'll probably have some more exciting news of your own to share and uh, we'll cover some more swim baits and other stuff. So that was, that was awesome. Absolutely. Well, Rich, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you reaching out, uh, you know, getting me on and uh, allowing me to just uh, share my passion, have some fun, tell some fishing stories, and try to help guys smash some giants. So, Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. If you came in late, definitely go back and re-watch it, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, or if you're an MP3 guy, just search Hellabass in your favorite podcast app and uh, learn some stuff. We definitely, uh, uh, Austin definitely shared some juice tonight. So make sure you guys uh, rewind and catch the beginning. Good deal. Uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. That's right. See you guys. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.